You're listening to the B-School Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Elise Morrison, embodiment coach and founder of Inner Workout. Consider B-School your invitation to becoming a student of yourself. So come on, let's get studying. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of B-School. Today, I've got a great guest on the show. I have Veronica Appleton. She is a lecturer at DePaul University. She's a diversity inclusion consultant. And outside of that, she's also a children's book author. Veronica, welcome to the show. Hi, Taylor. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to uh, be joining you tonight. I'm so happy to have you. So before I launch into some of the questions that I'm really excited to ask you, could you tell us a little bit about your work and some of the research that you've done, uh, just so people get to know you a little bit better? Oh, definitely. Um, So hi, everybody. Super happy to uh, join Taylor this afternoon and, and this evening, really, to talk about my background, but then also to just kind of join the conversation, which I absolutely love and and kudos to you, Taylor, for developing this podcast is really great. The name of this podcast is actually really funny, right? It's Be School. And I literally have been in school (laughs) for probably majority of my life. And so now that I'm wrapping up my doctoral degree, it's really awesome because I launched a study that is researching the implicit bias in advertising and marketing industries and specifically looking at black women. So when we think of how the landscape of diversity translates across academia into the professional sector, it's a great opportunity for us as professionals to just kind of take a step back and be schooled be schooled on some of the things that take place in, in the, the corporate sphere, but then also be schooled in, in the things that we truly do want to learn. How can we be better individuals? How can we be better at the things that we do? So that study that I'm currently working on is, is a very pivotal piece of my years of schooling. And in addition to that, also Taylor, you you mentioned this of being a children's author and writing comic books and also writing uh, books that highlight the everyday uh, life of multicultural families. Me being a black woman, I'm very uh, adamant about finding not only books that represent my heritage well, but also books that represent all heritages and providing characters and books that reflect that diversity. So it's been really great for me over the last four years of publishing the children's book, but over the last 12 years of actually being an author and waiting to get published. So it's a long journey and it's right. And everything that I do whether it's teaching or it's learning or it's reading to young children and their parents, I'm constantly being schooled as well. So overall, everything that I do, I always try to bring it back to that one piece of impact. I love that. Thank you for sharing. You're doing so many interesting things, but it's cool that you can distill it and see that that through line of impact that you're trying to create. Mm-hmm. 
I'm excited to mm-hmm. lean on a little bit of your expertise around communication today. I know that you've mm-hmm. done some impactful work around communication. And I know that for the people who are listening, whether they are really trying to kill it in the corporate game or they're growing their own companies and they're having to talk with potential clients and investors, communication is just something that we can all try and get better at. So the first Mm -hmm. question that I have for you is how do our own backgrounds impact our communication styles? Oh my gosh. How do they not? Um, As, as someone who has studied communications for maybe for the last 12, 13 years, I have understood how important and truly pivotal communications is Um, A lot of the seminars that I host across the city at different corporations, there's a quote that I always say that leaders are storytellers and storytellers are leaders. And it's a really pivotal quote because you don't really understand the extent of, of your voice sometimes. You don't understand the extent of your potential impact in the workplace, outside of the workplace. If you serve on a nonprofit board, Even if you serve in your own household, right, as a parent, as a caregiver, you are a leader by sharing stories, by communicating with one another. And most of your personal lives are embedded within that uh, that journey, if you will, of being a communicator. And obviously, being a strong communicator is something that you develop over time, right? Not everyone has the perfect nonverbal skills or the perfect verbal skills, that is. But there are several opportunities where people feel as if, hey, I can have a great conversation with this person because we have something in common. I think one of the key pieces of diversity and inclusion is that you do not have to be similar in order to connect with someone. The, The point of connecting is to find the differentiators so then you can thus communicate better but then also find those areas of commonality where you can create those levels of impact but then also just be yourself right like sometimes we change perspectives and we change these paradigms within communication just in general by being ourselves. And if people see more examples of you being who you are, then they are more inclined over time to look at other people that are very similar to you as not in a negative way, but in a positive way. Because let's face it, many people have biases when they communicate with one another. And it's something that research has told us, right? If you look at neural leadership research. It says, hey, from a cognitive perspective, I cannot control my biases. The only thing that I could do is acknowledge them and keep talking to people. I think that that's a great angle. But then the other piece is, hey, the behaviors that I have are completely unconscious. I have no control over the way that I view people. I have no control over the way that people view me. I believe that I straddle between the two. Right. Because there are many instances where explicit bias, where you immediately see someone and you react in a certain way that is not positive or that you call someone out because of who they are. That's explicit behavior. But it's also something that I would hope that people are able to control. 
But as we've seen in, in pop culture and also in our history, it's very difficult, I believe, for people to look at themselves as millions of other people may look at them. So the harm that they are doing, they may not quite understand it. So the short answer is you being the professional or the caregiver or the parent, the mentor, the sponsor that you are, you are thus a leader within that role and you can communicate effectively as that storyteller. The long answer is what I just gave you. <laughs> so hopefully I didn't go into circles, but hopefully the short answer makes the most sense that what you're doing is the right thing to do. Always self-reflecting is probably the most crucial piece when communicating. I appreciate that. I appreciate having like the Spark Notes version as well as some of that background and support and context that you provided. I know mm -hmm. that when a lot of people are communicating, we live in a society where we're not just talking to talk all the time, even though sometimes we, I mean, some people more than others talk just to hear themselves talk. But in general, we're looking to get something out of an interaction, whether we're hoping to build a relationship with someone personally or we're hoping to build a partnership. Mm -hmm. There's normally some element of influence involved. So what are the things that we should consider when we're trying to communicate for influence? Oh, I really love the way you frame that question of influence, right? It, it hints the, the, the term of impact. I think when we are looking to influence people, there is nothing greater than one. I probably can give you two, maybe three different ways to influence folks. The first is seeing someone that you can believe in. And typically when you believe in someone, you are easily able to communicate with them there are some areas of similarity, but you really believe that on a higher level that, wow, this person, I could learn from this person. This person offers a different perspective. We have some things in common, but they have different experience. And hey, this person is creative. So one, you can really look at someone and say, wow, this person is, is pretty great. The other way to establish influence within the workplace or with any setting that you may work in or operate in is to one, maybe two, self-reflect on yourself, right? There's this level of creativity that happens within oneself where you see an example and then you say to yourself, you know what, I can do something like that, but I actually want to just put my own spin on it. So you feel more confident to be yourself, do what you have to do, but also operate in the vein of, I know exactly what I'm doing and how I'm gonna get there. Not many people can really visualize their futures, but I think when you take a moment to self-reflect, I think you give yourself an opportunity to really shine internally, thus that shines externally. And then the third option I think is probably really good is to always look at the cost and benefit of your behaviors. When you influence people, 
there is going to be a cost association associated with it, but also the benefit that's associated with it, right? If you influence others with a particular decision, I think that you're able to look at it through the lens of the examples that you've been that you've been provided, and the example that I shared with you in number number one. Number two is the self-reflexivity that you go through, your personal way of, of understanding your influence. And then the third is the cost versus benefit. So with every personal decision and every professional decision, there is always a cause and effect, but a cost and a benefit. And sometimes it may cost you some relationships when you decide to influence other people or when you are establishing yourself as a stronger communicator or you want to develop skills that you never thought were possible, people are going to look at you differently. And one must be prepared that when you do operate in that level of influence, there's an opportunity where you may lose people along the way. That's what we must not be afraid of. Not everyone is going to love you or hate you, of course, along the way. And as part of being schooled too, right? Being schooled is knowing that not everything is gonna have a positive effect. Sometimes it's gonna have a negative effect, but being prepared for the negativity, I think is very crucial because it gets you to the smiling and the happiness of the positive. So. Establishing influence as a strong communicator are three things. One, finding examples of great people that you see having great influence. Two, self-reflect, right? Look at yourself, see how you're able to make influence and positive impact in your own cohort of space and environment. And third, develop an understanding of the cause versus benefit of that influence. So the last question I have for you before we go into our lightning round questions is what are some quick changes that people can make or even one quick change that people can make if they want to become a more effective communicator? Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's maybe three things that you could do. The first is not being afraid to learn, right? A part of being schooled is that you can reach out and um, develop an understanding for your communication skills. You can take an improv class. You can go back to school, right, on campus, even at DePaul University. We have weekend classes that folks are able to take, and we even have an opportunity where alumni are able to come back on the weekend to take a specialized course in the College of Communication, which is great. The second I would recommend is to, you know, not being afraid to just make a new friend, right? Establish yourself as a communicator, flex those communication muscles and, and not being afraid to even learn a second language, I think could be really great. And then the third is to become aware of the gaps in which you want to really learn how to become a strong communicator. I think one of the best ways of how to do that is just to again, self-reflect, but then also not be afraid to talk to anyone. I mean, I'm always available to talk to interested students and even professionals who are, you know, communication connoisseurs, but also those who are interested in communication. So I would recommend those three things. 
Those are all really helpful and things that are pretty easy for us to implement. So thank you for sharing them. And now I'm excited to hear your answer for these lightning questions. So (laughs) the first question is, what's something that you've learned recently that you're excited about? I am excited about artistic art forms. So I'm working with a graphic designer who I love her work. And so I always love seeing women in art and women in STEM. So I'm looking forward to learning more about artistic forms. That's exciting. And what's something that you're in the process of unlearning? I am unlearning how to not get sleep. I definitely need sleep. And so I'm unlearning how to, you know, really not just take care of myself. Like I really want to do that more. So I'm doing more stress relief and and giving myself some space and some time to get more sleep in. Sleep is so important. I can go on a whole thing about how important it is, but it sounds like you already know. And finally, what's a way that you've grown that you're proud of? I am proud of the fact that I've been able to accomplish a lot of things, but I also take moments to be proud of myself. Um, I wasn't doing that very often prior to maybe turning 30 years old last year. So I think it's a really great exercise for me to always just take a step back and feel happy with even just the small wins because those are as big as the large wins. So the small wins make me happy and so do the large ones. That is so beautiful. I'm proud of you too for taking the time to make sure that you're celebrating. Thank you so much, Taylor. If people want to stay connected with you and follow along with the work and the research that you're doing, where is the best place for them to stay connected or the best places? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you can reach me at veronicaappleton.com or you can email me um, at veronicaappleton at gmail.com. So I look forward to hearing from you if, if anyone is interested in chatting further. Great. Well, thank you, Veronica, for sharing your time and your expertise on the show. No, thank you so much, Taylor. I really, really appreciate the opportunity. And I hope that everybody enjoyed the conversation. I know I did. I did too. And thanks to everyone else for listening. Bye. Thanks to Andres Rodriguez for the intro and outro music. You can keep in touch with me on Instagram at Taylor Elise Morrison. Elise is E-L-Y-S-E. And check out the resources on my website at taylorelise.com.